grab your Bibles and um, turn over to the book of Isaiah. That's where we're going to be today. Isaiah chapter 40, all right? So let's turn over to Isaiah. A little bit after Psalms and Proverbs. Let me find it myself. Isaiah 40, and we're going to um, be looking at uh, verses 28 to 31, okay? So we're going to stand together and read God's holy word together, and then uh, we'll begin. So stand with me as we read God's word from Isaiah 40. Page 512. 512. Oh, no, I got the wrong Bible. Sorry. 512 in the Black Bible, Blue Bible? 512. Oh, winner, winner. Chicken dinner. All right. Uh, Verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Sends the reading of God's holy word. You guys can take a seat. Well, as we begin... um, I don't know about you guys, uh, but uh, I often think about how it would be very, very helpful if I never got tired, right? Um, if I never got tired, I was always able to do whatever I wanted to do. There was a movie a little while back um, called Limitless, and uh, I don't know if I actually even watched the movie, but the movie, the trailer, I like to watch trailers a lot, so when I sit down and watch the trailer, um, it was an you know, interesting concept. He takes a pill. And he basically has no limits, right? He takes a pill and he can write a book in a day. Um, Or he takes a pill and he can do these complex math equations and job like awesome, off the charts, right? Um, But I often think about that. What would it look like if I could do everything? Never being tired, never having to sleep, right? I love sleep, so that would kind of be bad for me. But never having to sleep, always being productive, always bringing my A game. What would that look like? How much could we get done? Well, we all know and are very well aware of that that's not the way that we work and operate as human beings. Um, Even just the way that we were created was to have limits, was to be finite, right? We were never God and we'll never be God. God is infinite. We are finite. And so we do get tired and we do get exhausted And we do get weary. And so, even as we start a new school year for many of us, our kids start a new school year, maybe we're already feeling exhausted and already feeling tired. And so, I wanted to pick one of my favorite passages to go to when I feel this way. Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31. Beautiful passage. Maybe you guys have heard it before. Um, Very well known. But I want to uh, preach to you this morning on this passage. And this is the main point that we're going to see, that because God is all-powerful, we are to wait upon him to renew our strength. A very basic yet 
uh, I think, profound message for us this morning from God's Word. He is all-powerful. We're going to be reminded about that. But the way in which we get our strength or our renewal is by waiting upon the Lord. So let's turn our attention to this first point. God is all-powerful. God is all-powerful. We just read this, but I'll read it again in verse 28 and 29. It says this, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. And so what we have here in chapter 40 is a message from God through the prophet Isaiah. And that's what prophets do. Prophets speak on behalf of God. So they bring God's message to God's people. And so a long, long time ago, God gave this message to the prophet Isaiah to give to God's people. And let me give you a little bit of context since we're kind of just parachuting into chapter 40 and not going through the whole book. But this is a time when God's people were a nation. Okay? God's people were a nation. They had a king and a kingdom. But things weren't going so well for the king and the kingdom. The kingdom was struggling. And what God was doing through the prophet Isaiah was, one, calling them out for their unfaithfulness to God's covenant. Right? God's covenant people, we talk about that a lot, where God is, he is our God and we are his people. There are certain demands, certain things that he requires of us that surely he helps us to do, but he requires these things. And the people of God were being unfaithful. And he's using Isaiah to bring them to task in a way. But also to to hand out or to hold out forgiveness and hope. I remember when I was studying uh, the book of Isaiah in seminary, my professor said that what happens throughout the book is that Isaiah alternates between the, the message of judgment and mercy. Judgment and mercy. Think about that. If we only had one and not the other, especially if we only had judgment and no mercy, it wouldn't be a very good book, right? Or it wouldn't be a very encouraging message for us who are sinful. But Isaiah's message to God's people in chapter 40 is one of hope, one of promise, one of renewal, of encouragement. And so we can summarize what's going on in, in Isaiah by saying this, that Isaiah is prophesying at a time when God's people and God's kingdom, earthly kingdom, was tumultuous. Things were going on. And even though God was bringing a case against his covenant people, he was also giving them a message of hope and a message of comfort and a message of peace. And that if his people came to him with a contrite heart, repenting of their sins, coming back to him, owning up to what's going on, that there would be renewal. And so in verses 28 and 29, Isaiah reminds us, first of all, who God is. It brings us back to the very essence of who God is, his character. And that's what that whole chapter is about. So in these two verses, we are given six truths about God. Six truths that I found about who God is. So let's look at them briefly, okay? The first one is this, the everlasting God. Think about that. God has no beginning and God has no end. 
He is, he is not bound by time. He is the everlasting God. Not like us. Secondly, he's the creator of the ends of the earth. When we walk around outside and we see the beauty of a sunrise or sunset, or we, see, we walk on the beach and we see the ocean, we see the things around us that were created, he created all those things by mere words. He spoke those things into existence. He created everything on the earth from end to end, the text says. He brought it about, he fashioned it, he formed it, and created exactly the way that he wanted it. What's the third, the third reminder here that God gives us about himself is that he does not grow faint or weary. Imagine that, like we said in the beginning, never growing tired and never growing weary. Even our superheroes, right, that we kind of, uh, we, we, we have movies about them and comics about them, they grow tired, they grow weak, they have their kryptonite, or whatever else it may be, their weaknesses. Even our Olympic champions, or our government leaders, or the best of the best of all of us, grow weary and tired. But God never gets tired. God never, ever, for one minute, gets tired. He has an overwhelming surplus of strength and power that's never-ending. My response is, is that really true, God? Is that really who you are? Because I look at me and all I see is weakness. I look around me and all I see is resources that are limited. And yet when I look at God... Is it true that he really is all-powerful? I mean, even my best friends who I can rely on and who can help me out, they get tired. But God never gets tired, always brings his A-game. Always brings his A-game. Never grows weary or faint like us. The next thing that Isaiah reminds us here is that his understanding is unsearchable. This is speaking to God's wisdom. Think about this again, right? I mean, all of us can uh, attest to the, the lack of our own wisdom, right? We don't know everything. As, as many years as we've been to school, some of us, we still realize that the more we know, the more we have to know, or the more we have to learn. And yet God's understanding is unsearchable or unexhaustible. I was thinking about the analogy of this, that not even the, the best search engines on the earth like Google or Bing or Yahoo can search out the wisdom of our God. Not even the greatest scholar in the world can understand the mind of God fully. His wisdom and understanding is never lacking like ours is so many times. How many times throughout the scripture we are called to ask for wisdom? Because his wisdom is never-ending, unsearchable. The fifth thing here that Isaiah reminds us, and I hope we're getting a picture of who God is this morning, a reminder as part of how we are renewed. We're fixing our eyes back on who God is, taking them off of the circumstances that are going on in our life, and our world. He gives power to the faint. Think about it. What do weary people want the most? Power. Strength. 
renewal. And yet we see here that God is the one who is giving it to his people. He is the giver of that power. He has it and plenty to spare, and he gives it to those who are lacking. He gives power to the faint. Think about it this way. Because he is what we are not, he can give us what we do not have but need. Because he is what we are not, he is all-powerful. We are not. He can give us what we don't have, that power, but we need. Another way to think about it is this. We go to the store to buy what we do not have. But we go to the God to get what the store doesn't sell. We go to the God to get what the store doesn't sell. Lastly, we're reminded, to him who has no might, he increases strength. Again, the weak need power. They are lacking in power. When we are exhausted, we need to come to God to get an increase of strength and power. And he freely gives it to us because he has all power. So Isaiah is painting a picture for God's people, both then and now, of who God is. And we need to be reminded of that this morning and to believe these things about God. But the question is, do we really believe it? When push comes to shove, do we really believe that this is our God and live like that is our God? When the bills are due and the money's low, When the doctor says the test came back and it's bad, or when we have quarrels among good friends or family members, or something else explodes in our life, do we believe that God is all-powerful and can work in and through us? We can sit here and amen this truth to death on Sunday morning, but when we leave, we live as if it's not true. We live as if we have to look out for number one. We have to man up and own up because God's not going to do it. I confess that that's me a lot of times. When those things happen in my life on Monday morning, am I running to God first? A lot of times I'm thinking about what I can do to fix the situation. What I can do on my own strength, my own power, and my own resources. But in those times, I want to be like the father of the demon-possessed boy in Mark 9 that says this, this prayer that I love, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, help my unbelief. That prayer acknowledges that we struggle to believe the right things about God and to live that way. And yet it's also saying, I believe that this is who you say you are. Help me with my unbelief that I'm still struggling with. Do you believe that this is who your God is? Well, God doesn't just remind us of who he is today. He also shows us that he is all-powerful and he can give that power to us and that we are to rely on him to be strengthened and to be renewed. Look at verse 30 through 31. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. 
They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. For most of us, faintness and weariness and exhaustion are a part of our everyday lives. Now, I don't, I, you know, for some of us, it has to do on our life stage. I'm pretty sure that, for, for example, for myself, that I've been in a state of tiredness for the past six years. All right? And I haven't gone past that state of being tired. That's when Hannah Grace was born, just in case you guys are wondering. But I'm sure even before that, I, was, I knew that I wasn't all-powerful. I knew that as a teenager, for example, who have, have for tons and tons of energy and can keep going no matter what, still we lack power. We get weary. But that is why verse 31 is such good news for us. And this is where the buts of the Bible are so important. Where God says to us, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength shall renew their strength, those who wait on the Lord. For the exhausted, God gives rest. For the weary, God gives renewal. For the faint-hearted, God gives strength and power. But the question is, how do we get this power? God has it. How do we get it? Our text answers that. It's not like we go down to the store, maybe Acme or ShopRite or Save-A-Lot and say, all right, I'll have uh, one pound of strength and one bottle of energy. It doesn't work that way. But what God says here is it happens by waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. But I don't know about you guys, but at first, it kind of makes me step back and kind of scratch my head and say, really? That's the way that we get power? By waiting? Usually, we get things, at least humanly speaking, we think about getting things by taking the reins and grabbing it for ourselves, making things happen, right? Some of us have a personality where, like me, I, I love my to-do list and I love getting things done and I like making it happen. But that's not what the, the passage is saying here. It's not by saying go and making this happen by any means necessary, but it's by waiting on the Lord. So let's look at what this means to wait on the Lord. What does this word wait mean? And in one sense, it kind of seems self-explanatory, right? We wait for all kinds of things in our life. We wait in line at the grocery store to pay for our groceries. We wait in line at the bus station to get on the bus. We wait in line in the stop sign to get to work. We wait all the time for all different kinds of things. It's a normal part of our life. And yet I think it's, it's worth for us to just think about this term for a minute. I think about a pause, a ceasing from action, an attentiveness to the one whom we are waiting on. It's a pause from further action or direction or provision, waiting on those things with a posture of trust. And, and waiting on God in respect and reverence. It's saying that, God, I'm at the end of my rope and resources of what I can do with what I have. I need you to work. I need you to move. We wait for things that we don't have. 
can't get our hands on, can't make happen in this moment. One of the commentators put it this way. It says, it means to lean heavily on the Lord for strength and to bid his time till it comes. To lean heavily upon the Lord, to wait upon the Lord, to seek him, to be prayerful, yes, but to wait upon his timing, his provision, in his ways. That's really hard. What might this waiting look like? Well, maybe sometimes it may seem or it may be a literal ceasing from a particular work or project. That maybe we're working on this project and trying to make it happen. Maybe it's a project at work or a project at school or maybe it's something going on in our personal lives and we're trying everything that we can think of and yet it's not working out. Sometimes we've got to step back and say, and just pray, Lord, I'm here, I'm waiting on you. Please help me in this circumstance. Maybe it's that wisdom that we need or that power that we need. We need God to work. Other times, maybe it's just doing what we can with what God has put before us and trusting him with the rest. Maybe God hasn't, it's not, it's not God's timing to do all these different things that you want to do. Yet what can you do in the moment and being faithful with what God's put before you and waiting upon the Lord for the rest? And all of this, like we said earlier, comes from a a heart of being submitted to the Lord, of loving the Lord, of trusting the Lord that He's in control and that we are not. Because He is in control and we are not. As much as we want to believe that we are in control, we are not. And that's why we must wait on the Lord and lean heavily upon Him. And when we do that, the Bible tells us here that our strength is renewed. That when we come to the Lord, when we cease from that action, that that senseless striving, that anxious work, when we cease from that and say, Lord, you're in control. I'm waiting upon you to work out whatever it is going on in my life. What happens? Our strength is renewed. Our perspective on who the Lord is, is renewed. And we are refreshed in in the innermost parts of us. And that changes the way that we engage in what is put before us. Jeffrey Grogan points out that this word renew means that the verb, he's, he's talking about this verb here, is used to suggest an exchange of strength. And so what happens here is that God is giving us his strength. He's taking our weakness and he's giving us his strength. That we are renewed. Because God is all-powerful, he can give and give and give his power and never have less. Never have less. Remember, he never gets tired. He never grows weary. And yet he can give and give and give and give to all his people all over the world. And that's kind of mind-blowing. Right? If one of us tries to help, say, five people, we're exhausted. And yet God can help millions upon billions of believers around the world. No problem. He gives strength to his people. Our God graciously gives us what we need the most when we are exhausted at the end of our rope. If we would just learn to wait upon the Lord prayerfully, humbly, 
He will renew our strength. He is a heavenly Father who delights in giving good gifts. See, this text here in Isaiah 40, I want to encourage you guys to to memorize it. When you get tired and when you get weary in your schoolwork, when you get tired and weary in your parenting, when you get tired and weary with your work or play or whatever else is going on in your life, come back to these verses. Actively preach to yourself who God is. Hey, God, you are all-powerful. Your understanding is unsearchable. You give power to the faint. You always have power. And wait upon the Lord to renew your strength. And the result is that He will renew your strength. He will give you grace and will give you help to go through whatever it is you're going through. He may not take away that trial the way that you want Him to, but He'll give you grace to walk through it. He will renew your strength. He will renew my strength. And as we start a new school year, that's why I think this message is so important. Because I'm already tired. I started tired. I don't know about you guys, but I started tired. And yet, I need God to renew my strength physically, mentally, spiritually, in every sense of the word. To renew us. And so that's my prayer for you you guys uh, this morning but also you guys as we go out this week together and as we go and live for him to be renewed in our strength, not looking inward in ourselves, trying to be strong, but to look up to God and to ask him to empower us to do the work that will honor him, to live the way that will honor and glorify him. Let's pray. Father, I just... um, Thank you so much for Isaiah 40. I've come back to it so many times in my life and just read on it and thought about it. And it's just a, a sweet passage for me of Scripture. And Lord, I, um, I just confess that many times, God, I am impatient. Many times I am self-reliant and untrusting of you and your power. God, many times I run to other things apart from you to try to get my strength up. God, forgive me when that happens. I pray that you would search us, Lord, as a a people, as your church. Show us where we are trying to uh, find strength within ourselves or find strength within other things and not running to you. Bring us to repentance, Lord. Use this, this word here from Isaiah, from you, to convict us and to bring us back to you. God, we pray that you would please help us to wait upon you in the morning, in the afternoon, at night, all throughout the day, that we would wait upon you. And Lord, that you would renew our strength, that we would mount up with wings like eagles, that we would run and not be weary, that we would walk and not grow faint. And Lord, that all of this would be for your glory. Not to make us look good, but to make you look good. Because you do look good. God, we pray that you would please be glorified in our lives. And refresh us and renew us for this year ahead. We love you, Lord. And we pray even now as we come to a time of of confession and preparation for your table. God, that you would feed us. Strengthen us spiritually. Through the bread and through the wine that represents your body and your blood.
shed for us on the cross. We pray all of this in the powerful and precious name of Jesus. Amen.